glad you're here. And you know, if you've been with us the past um, season, we have been talking about talking from a theme of She Unites. And we've been talking just about how vitally important unity is to the heart of God. You know, we've seen in John 17 how Jesus himself prayed for us, for you and I, that we would live in unity with each other. Because when we're united, that is when we walk out our purpose, because that is when God is revealed to those around us. And we've talked about in Psalm 133 how where there's unity, God commands his blessing, that there's the fullness of his blessing within our unity. And you know, we've learned that unity isn't always easy, right? You're dealing with people, and people, you know, are not perfect, so makes it a little challenging sometimes, but, you know, we've talked about just how to navigate that, and so we've spent some time, uh, just some time talking about different relationships, especially difficult relationships, and, you know, we've learned how to recognize hindrances in unity, and I'll just encourage you, you know, I know a lot of you have been here, and you've heard the messages that Pastor Ann has brought, and that Maureen has brought, and they've been so Good, And there have been so many amazing keys in those messages that have really encouraged me personally when it comes to just uniting with other women in my life. And so I would just encourage you to go back to the podcast. You know, we have those available for you to go and re-listen to. So I would encourage you, if you've, whether you've heard them or whether you haven't, just to go back and listen to those messages and you'll be encouraged. But so like I said, well, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about hindrances to our unity. And so now, from this point on, we're going to move into talking about the blessings um, that come as a result of our unity. So before we start, let's just pray. You bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you for this day. God, and I thank you for every single woman that is in this room, Father. I thank you that you brought her here this morning, God, that you purposed in your heart for her to be here this morning, to hear your word. So God, as I said before, we just make room for you, God, and we invite you here. We invite you into our hearts and into our minds. Father, I pray that any distractions, God, would be silenced in Jesus' name, and I just ask, Father, that you would have your way, God, as we learn, Father, about what unity means to your heart. Father God, I pray that we would be encouraged this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Let me share a little story with you guys. Have you ever had a time in your life where people in your world, whether it's family or close friends or whoever it was, just really wanted to rally around you and were getting excited about something going on in your life and, and they wanted to come alongside and lend a helping hand and they were really excited about it, but you just put up this wall and said, nope. And then as a result of that wall, you end up falling flat on your face. Anybody experience that? It's okay, you can raise your hand, it's okay. Let's have some fun, interaction times, just the living room, girls hanging out, having some chat, okay? Um, okay, well, um, I have, and I'm just gonna be brave and share that story with you. Um, Zach and I got engaged when I was about 25, and you know, I was just over the moon 
thrilled, excited, as you should be when you get engaged. And, um, you know, obviously, after you get engaged comes the planning of the wedding. And, you know, I had never planned a wedding before. Um, but I thought to myself, oh, this is, like, no big deal, right? It's, just, it's a party, you know, nothing to it. <laughs> like, anyone that's planned a wedding, you're just sitting there laughing like, you're crazy. But there's so much detail that goes into planning a wedding, and there's so much involved and, you know, so many loose ends and pieces, like, to pull together to make this big event happen. And I don't know what it was, but I honestly just thought to myself, like, I've got this. Like, I, I mean... How could I not know how to plan a wedding? I'm 25, and um, I'm a woman, and I should know how to do this, so I've got this. I'm good, and um, which is just crazy thinking. If you're engaged now or when you get engaged, just, just let people come alongside you, trust me. <laughs> um, so anyways... Um, I just tried to start doing this all on my own. And, you know, we had such amazing family and friends that were gathering around us. And we're like, hey, we're so excited for you guys. Like, Zach and Ashley, you're finally getting married. We're so pumped for you. We want to rally around you. What can we do? Give us a job. You know, I had so many people, like, you know, even, like, on a financial side of things, saying, hey, we want to help you, what, you know, all this stuff. And, man, like, I was just, must have been crazy. You know, like, someone should have warned Zach that he was about to marry a crazy lady. But... I was just like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I've got this. And whatever, we can go into all the reasons, but they're not important. Anyways, I ended up, like I said, just trying to do this all on my own. And if you've ever planned a wedding, you know that it's stressful. Like, even as an event planner, maybe that's something you're gifted to do and that you know how to do. Like, it's still stressful because there's a lot going on. And so... As I'm trying to walk this out and carry this on my own, I get more and more overwhelmed, more and more stressed out, more and more weighed down by this huge load that I never needed to handle on my own, this weight that I never needed to carry on my own, this weight that was just silly because there were people rallied around me that were ready and willing, but I just resisted them. And you know, Thank you, Jesus, for good men. And at the time, like I said, we were engaged. You know, Zach, I think, noticed all of my crazy and was like, mm, like, I'm not about to marry a crazy lady. And um, so we had a little chat, and he called me up, and he's like, hey, uh, I, I think it's time that you and I have a talk. And we had a little, um, we like to call it a little come to Jesus moment where he set me straight um, in a very gracious and loving way, set me straight and was like, babe, what are you doing? Why are you trying to carry this on your own? Like, this is ridiculous. Nobody expects you to know how to plan a wedding. Nobody expects you to do this on your own. In fact, like, there's people that want to come alongside you and help you. Like, it's their joy. It's their privilege. It's their honor. Like, let them do it. And man, after we had that conversation, there was such a weight that was lifted. And it was like after all these months of just stressing out, I could breathe again. And it was like, oh my gosh. And so as we went through the rest of the planning of our wedding, you know, and as I, you know, took down those walls and allowed the people around us to really rally and to, to walk through it with us and to carry the weight, 
man, it just became such a joy to plan our wedding, which is what it should be, right? I mean, you wait for this moment for so long, and it should be a joyful experience. It should be exciting. You should, you should be enjoying it, not just enduring it. And I felt like I was enduring the planning and, and missing out on so much, but I'm so grateful to God for an amazing husband and for amazing family that would come around and say, no, like, you're not supposed to do this on your own, so stop it. Like, smack on the wrist, smack in the face, whatever you need. Felt like I needed a smack in the face, but, you know, and so, honestly, the rest of our wedding planning was just so enjoyable, and God was so gracious and so kind to us that when I let those walls down, Man, people just flooded us with wanting to help with, you know, just preparations and helping for the rehearsal and helping set up and and take down and just all kinds of stuff. Like, I was absolutely blown away. I mean, we drove off from our wedding that night just both in tears because God had been so kind and so faithful with bringing people around us to bless us. And, you know, God brings people into our lives to be a blessing to us, but it is up to us to choose to allow them to be who God intended them to be in our lives. It is up to us. I was making a choice to not allow people to come alongside and help me. You and I, we have the choice, and it's up to us. I love how Psalm 133 talks about where there's unity, God commands his blessing. You know, I experienced that so greatly in our wedding. Today we're going to look at the story of Esther. And we're just going to talk about all the blessings that God brought into her life, into the lives of the people around her, because they chose to unite. So the book of Esther is about 10 chapters long, and we're going to take the next um, 25 minutes to read all through there. Um, Come on, come on. It's not happening. Okay, you can go read it on your own. (laughs) Just making sure you guys are awake. (laughs) My youth girls are like, oh my gosh, why did we come today? All right, we're not going to read 10 chapters in Esther, but you can go home and read it on your own. But I'm just going to give you an overview so that we have some backstory and so that we know what's going on, okay? We good? All right. Let's do this. Okay, so King Xerxes was the uh, king who reigned over 127 provinces, stretching from India to Ethiopia. And he held this extravagant banquet where he invited all of his nobles and officials to come and wine and dine and party. And, like, it was this super extravagant, like, long, amazing party. And during this banquet, he called for the queen, who at the time was Queen Vashti. And he wanted her to come so that all the men at his banquet could see how beautiful she was. Now, the queen was throwing her own party at that time, and she was like, no, I don't want to go do that. You know, she's probably like, no, we're having like a girl party here. We're in, I'm enjoying this. I'm good. I don't want to come to you. So, which at that time was like, if the king tells you to do something, you do it. So the men were outraged at this, and they said she cannot get away with this. So they, the king was persuaded by all of his nobles and his officials to strip Queen Vashti of her position as queen, and then all of the young women from all the provinces around were brought before 
the king, and he was going to choose which one he was most pleased with, and she would then take on the title of queen. Like, this is a crazy, crazy story. Okay, so Esther was a young girl, and she lived right there in the region closest to the palace, and she had been orphaned, and she was being raised by her older cousin named Mordecai. Now, she was one of the girls that was brought into the palace, and she found great favor with one of the king's assistants who was in charge of looking after all of the girls that were brought in. And when it was Esther's turn to go to the king, he was very pleased with Esther, and he put the crown on her head, and she became queen. Shortly after this, a man named Haman was appointed second in command to the king. And Haman wanted all of the palace officials, who which Mordecai was one of the officials, Haman wanted all of the officials to bow before him as he walked past. You know, talk about ego, like he's bowed before me. And um, Mordecai wouldn't do it because he, he was a Jew and he wasn't going to bow before anyone other than God. Now, when Haman learned about Mordecai not wanting to bow before him, he was furious, and he decided to retaliate, not just against Mordecai, but against the entire Jews in the empire. Now, Haman went to the king and said, hey, king, you know, there's a certain race here in your empire, and, you know, they're not following your laws. They're making up their own laws and, and following those laws. And, you know, I think that it would be in your best interest, king, if um, we just... Uh, execute and destroy that entire people group. And the king agreed. So a decree was issued to have all of the Jews in the empire killed in a single day. Now when Mordecai heard this news, he was absolutely beside himself, as you can imagine. And he went into mourning, and you know, he was in front of the palace just mourning, and the entire, just mourning spread throughout all of the Jews, obviously. And um. You know, when Esther heard that Mordecai was mourning, she had no idea why. And so she sent one of her attendants to find out what was going on with Mordecai. And Mordecai responded and told the attendant and gave him a copy of the decree to show Esther with a message to go before the king and beg for mercy for her people. At this time, no one in the, king, in the palace knew that Esther was a Jew. So Esther's reply it's basically, Mordecai, you're crazy. Like, anyone that goes before the king without being summoned could be sentenced to death unless they somehow find favor with the king and he raises his royal scepter. So Mordecai then replies back. He's not taking no for an answer. He says, Esther, don't think that you'll escape if you keep quiet. Don't forget that you are a Jew and these are your people. Maybe the reason that you have become queen is for such a time as this. And now, this is the part of the story where I want to pick up. Now, in, chap in Esther chapter 4, verse uh, 15 through 17, it says this. Then Esther told them, their attendant, to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews that are present in Susa and observe a fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids also will fast in the same way. Then I will go in to see the king without being summoned, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and did exactly as Esther commanded him. All right, we good? Okay, that was a lot of story, but here we go. 
All right, let's talk about some of the blessings that God brought um, about just through Esther and Mordecai and the Jews' union. So the first blessing that we see in the scripture is courage. Now, in Esther chapter 5, verse 1, it says, On the third day of the fast, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace opposite his throne room. The king was sitting on his royal throne, facing the main entrance of the palace. So let's remember that it was against the law to approach the king without being summoned. And if you approached the king and you didn't find favor with him, he could have you killed instantly. Whether you were the queen or not, it didn't matter. So imagine what Esther must have been feeling in this time. I imagine that she was needing a bit of courage to do what she had been called to do. And you know, I love how um, just God, how God give, gave Esther courage. And you know, I think that, that Esther was able to draw on that courage because she knew that she wasn't alone. She had a people behind her that had rallied behind her, that had taken time and set aside time to pray over her and to fast for her and to cover her so that she would have the courage to do what she needed to do. And you know, Esther, in this part of the mission, she was alone. Like, she was the only one that could go before the king. She's obviously not going to take Mordecai and all the Jews before the king and make her request. She was the only one that could make this request. However, while she was alone in there, I believe that she was encouraged and strengthened by the fact that she knew that she had an entire group of people behind her cheering her on and rallying her and praying on her behalf. You know, I believe that that unity is so close to the heart of God that when he sees his people come together for a common purpose, he takes his super and he breathes it over our natural and empowers us and strengthens us to do the task at hand. It pleases God when we unite together. It pleases him when we come together to do the will of God. And he provides us the courage that we need to walk out these things. You know, maybe you're in this place right now and you're facing a situation where you need supernatural courage. You know, maybe there's a decision that you're needing to make right now, something that has been weighing on you heavily, and you're needing some courage to walk out that decision. Maybe there's a conversation that you're needing to have with someone that you have just been ignoring or denying or just that you just haven't had the courage to have. Maybe um, there's a relationship that you need courage to walk away from. And it could be a romantic relationship or it could just be a friendship. Maybe you're in an unhealthy situation with someone who is just dragging you down and you need courage to walk away from that. You know, maybe there's been a diagnosis that has been spoken over you and you're needing courage to face this diagnosis. And I just encourage you, don't attempt to walk out these situations on your own. God did not desire, he did not create us to do life alone. Find your people to rally around you, to bring you strength, to bring you courage as you walk out these things. 
You know, God has placed people in our lives very purposefully and very strategically. And let's, let us draw on those people. People are a gift. They're a gift to us straight from God. So let us draw on the people that God has placed in our lives and watch how his super gets added to our natural and all of a sudden we are walking and we're facing situations with supernatural courage straight from God. Amen? Amen. All right, the next thing that we see is favor. In Esther chapter 5, verse 2 through 3, when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court, she found favor in his sight. And the king extended to her the golden scepter, which was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the top of the scepter. Then the king said to her, what is troubling you, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. Esther had people praying and fasting on her behalf, like we said. And they were praying. One of the things that they were praying for was that she would find favor with the king that, you know, she wouldn't go on this mission and just end up dying, like, obviously. <laughs> um, so, so they're praying for her favor as she approaches the king. And what I love about this is that not only does she receive favor in just being able to approach the king, but she then receives supernatural favor as he then grants her her request before she even asks. He tells her, what is your request? It will be granted to you up to half of my kingdom. And I love that. You know, that's the supernatural favor of God. And that's what happens when we come together and we, when we unite. We unite in our faith. I was thinking on just the subject of favor and I was reminded of the first home that we lived in when we moved here to Merida. We've been here for almost five years now. And um, when we first moved here, we, we were fortunate we were able to live with some family while we were just getting settled and trying to figure out, um, you know, just what life was going to look like and where we wanted to live and all of that kind of stuff. And so as we were praying, you know, we had, we had moved here from Orange County for a tiny little one-bedroom apartment in Orange County. And we were like, okay, God, we're a family now. Like, now we've got kids, so we want something bigger. Like, we want to live in a home. And so we just, we prayed, and um, we asked God for his favor to just open up the doors to a house for us. And um, God is so good. He's so kind. I just want to encourage you that if there's something that you're believing God for, don't settle, because God has abundant favor that he wants to pour into your life. So don't settle for anything less than that. But anyways, we were asked, praying and asking God, we are like, God, we want a home. We want, you know, X amount of bedrooms and bathrooms. We want a backyard for our little girl to play, went, play in. I want a garage so that I don't have to, you know, it's easier to carry groceries in. You know, like those little things that matter to women. Um, you know, and they're little things, but God's like, yeah, I'll do that for you. And so um, we were just praying and believing, and we had our family. But one of the things that I love about this is that when I would come here to Bridge Women, at the time it was Chick Connection, and I would sit around the table with my group of girls, with the women that were rallying around me. Every week I would say, okay, we're believing for God to provide a home for us. We're believing for God to provide a home for us. And you know what? These women were so incredibly amazing. 
And they rallied around us and they believed with us and they prayed with us. And you know what? God didn't just give us half of what we wanted in a home. He gave us everything we wanted. He gave us such favor with the leasing agent. We got the home for less than what it was listed for. Like it was above and beyond what we asked for. And I really believe that because there were women who were uniting around us and believing with us that that is why God poured out his favor in such an amazing way. So be encouraged when you come here to Bridge Women. You know, we have these tables set up for a reason. We have our gathering time at the end for a reason. Man, bring your requests before these women. They want to rally around you. They want to support you. They want to cheer you on. They want to believe God for you. So don't hold back when you're in this environment. Amen? The next thing that we see is truth. So Haman had lied to the king about the Jews and about them um, just following their own laws rather than the king's laws. And um, like we saw before, he decided that it would be in their best interest if the Jews were killed. Now, what I love here is that Mordecai, throughout this whole story, if you go back and, and read, you'll see that Mordecai stayed connected to Esther throughout this whole story. He valued his unity with her. And that unity gave Esther the strength to walk in courage, to find favor with the king, and it made a way for truth to prevail. In Esther chapter 7, verse 1 through 6, it says, So the king and Haman came to drink wine and with... Backstory. Let me fill you in a little bit here. So Esther had invited um, the king and Haman to come to a banquet that she was going to prepare for them. And so this is where this setting is taking place. This is where she makes her request known to the king. So the king and Haman came to drink wine with Esther, the queen. And the king said to Esther on the second day, also as they drank their wine, what is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted to you. And what is your request? Even to half the kingdom, it shall be done. Then Queen Esther replied, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be spared as my petition, and my people be spared as my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, killed, and wiped out of existence. Now, if we had only been sold as slaves, men and women, I would have remained silent, for our hardship would not be sufficient to burden the king by even mentioning it. Then King Xerxes asked Queen Esther, who is he and where is he? Who dares to do such a thing? Esther said, an adversary and an enemy is Haman, this evil man. Then Haman became terrified before the king and queen. In John chapter 8, verse 32, there's a well-known scripture. It says, and you shall know the truth, and truth shall set you free. Truth is a blessing that brings freedom into our lives. It's a blessing that shines light on the lies of the enemy. You know, we've all at some point in our life believed lies of the enemy, The enemy is constantly trying to attack our unity because he knows that when the people of God unite together and come under the same banner, that there is nothing that we cannot accomplish. So he wants to attack our unity. So we need to get good at resisting his lies. 
He wants to get us believing that people are too much of a hassle, that if we put ourselves out there, we're just going to get hurt, or, you know, as long as I have my relationship with God, like, I'm good. You know, sometimes we think that, well, as long as me and God are good, then that's fine. But there's more that he has for us. He wants us uniting with other believers. There's so much more that he has. You know, that... He get, the enemy gets us thinking, oh, they probably won't like me, or, you know, I don't have time to deal with relationships. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, Maureen talked on the subject of busyness. And so many times we hear women, and I, I have even said this myself, that I'm just, oh, I'm just too busy for that. We cannot be too busy for the thing that is most important to the heart of God. There is so much blessing in our unity. And if we are too busy to unite with other people, then I think that it's time that we step back and we take a look at our schedule and we rearrange some things to make room for the blessings of God to flow into our lives. Amen? Have you ever believed a lie about someone that someone else has told you? Or maybe you've believed a lie that you've told yourself about someone else. These are all devices that the enemy tries to use to get us to not be united with each other. But we need to be women who place value on our unity and understand that God wants to pour out abundant blessings into our lives. We're called to be a united people, so we need to stop listening to the lies. We need to stop allowing them to creep in, and we need to be the women who stand up and choose to unite. The final thing that we see in this story is justice. Now, after king, the king found out about what, hap, what Haman had done, he, Haman was put to death. King's like, mm, not on my watch, you're done. So the king allowed Mordecai and Esther to then write another decree and issue it that the Jews would be able to defend themselves when their attackers came. Here, let's read in Esther chapter 9, verse 2. It says, Now in the twelfth month, on the thirteenth day, when the king's command and edict were about to be executed, on the very day when the enemies of the Jews had hoped to gain power over them and slaughter them, it happened the other way around, so that the Jews themselves gained power over those who hated them. The Jews assembled in their cities throughout the provinces of King Xerxes to apprehend those who wanted to do them harm. And no one could stand before them, for the fear of them and their God had fallen on the people. Skip down to verse 5. So the Jews struck all their enemies with the sword, killing and destroying them, and they did what they pleased to those who hated them. Esther and Mordecai and the Jews in the entire empire united together. And when they did that, they walked into the blessing of justice. Our unity strengthens us, and it enables us to bring justice together. What are some of the wrongs that we can right together? What are some of the tangible needs that we can meet together? I love our community care program here at the church. If you don't know about it, we, we have a program where every Sunday after our, after our first service, we pass out free food and clothing to anyone in need throughout this valley. Anyone that has a need is welcome to come, and every week they will receive food and clothing. And I love that because you know what? It's not just one person back there. I, I pull up oftentimes when they're dis doing their distribution. And you know, it's not just one person back there. There is an 
army of people back there making our community care program run, making it function. It couldn't be what it is with just one person back there. We're better together. You know, right now as a church, we are partnering with Keith and Heidi Hershey and to raise money. If you've been here um, a couple Sundays ago, you know what I'm talking about. But we are partnering with Keith and Heidi Hershey to raise money to build five churches in the Philippines and to support them in their first year to get them started. You know what I love about that? I love that that was brought to us as a church, that it was brought to us corporately because it's an opportunity for us as a church to rally together, to be the people that God has called us to be, to unite together and to see a nation come to know the name of Jesus, hear the name of Jesus possibly for the first time it's an opportunity for us for, to make home for people, to make a church home for people, God, for people to be set free from bondage that they've been living in. It's not something that we're expecting one person to carry. It's something that together, collectively, as a body, we're endeavoring to do. And what a privilege that is to bring justice to the world around us. You know, Esther did something incredibly brave and heroic. And because of that, countless people were impacted for future generations. An entire empire of Jews were spared because of her choice to unite. Imagine the blessing that we can bring to our community and to our world around us if we unite together and allow God to invade our natural with his super. The supernatural begins to rise up and begins to come out. You know, all of these blessings, like I said, all these blessings came because of Esther's willingness to unite. She could have shrunk back. She could have devalued herself saying, oh, I'm nothing more than an orphan girl. Because those were the facts, like she was an orphaned girl. She could have shrunk back and allowed that to keep her from stepping into what God had called her to do, but she didn't. She made the choice to unite. When we choose to unite, to come together with one another, chasing after the same purpose, God commands his supernatural blessing over our efforts. I want to encourage you this morning to find your tribe. Esther had a tribe, and I believe that that is what strengthened her to do what she needed to do to save the, her people, to fight for her people, to stand up for them, to reveal truth. Find your tribe. Those people that you can stand with, the ones that you can call on when things are getting a little rough, the, the ones that you can rally with, the ones that you can stand shoulder to shoulder with to find your strength, to find your courage, to find your peace. Those ones that are gonna seek God with you. It is so valuable. It is so important to the heart of God. We weren't meant to walk through life alone. We, God didn't create us to just, to just walk along and say, oh, I'm good, I've got this. Like, no, God is so gracious and so kind that he would give us people to walk through life with, to face situations with, 
Man, I love when, when we come to Bridge Women and when I see women around the table and when they're laying hands on each other and they're pouring out their hearts and they're talking about the things that they're going through, situations that they're facing, or they're even sharing praise reports of amazing things that God has done in their lives. And I love seeing women rally around each other because that is what God intended. That is exactly what he created us for. That is exactly what we are all about here at Bridge Women. This is sisterhood. This is the place where we rally together. This is the place where we find strength. This is the place where we draw on each other to walk in courage, to find favor with God, to speak up for truth, to reveal the lies of the enemy, and to fight for justice together. Find your tribe. And I want to encourage you that if you don't have a tribe, if you're thinking to yourself right now, like, man, I can't really think of who those people would be for me. Can I encourage you? Don't allow the enemy to start speaking nonsense to you that, oh, you, you just don't have people. No. Look around this room. You have people. You are in the midst. You are in a company of women who can't wait to gather around you, who can't wait to rally around you, who can't wait to lift you up in prayer, who can't wait to celebrate the good things that God is doing in your life. So do your part. Make the choice to unite and just watch Watch what God will do. It's like what I said. He will breathe his super into our natural. And all of a sudden, there is this supernatural union that we're walking in. And it's exactly what God called us to do. Let's be women who fight for unity so that we can walk in the abundant blessings that God has for us. Amen? Amen. I just want to take a moment and pray for you. And you bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you for your word, God. I thank you for your truth, Lord Jesus. And God, right now, I just ask, Father, and across this room, Lord, God, that you would encourage our hearts. Father, for women in this room, God, that maybe are just walking alone and are carrying things alone, carrying weights alone. Father, I pray right now, God, that you would comfort them, that you would speak your truth to them, God. And I pray, Father, that they would not leave this place today feeling like they don't have anyone. Father, I pray that women would begin to rally around each other, Father, that we would truly unite as a sisterhood and stand with one another, Father. Give us eyes to see the ones, God, who are walking through life alone. Give us eyes to see the one, Father. God, open up our hearts, Father. Give us a burning desire to be women who unite for your cause and for your purpose, Lord. God, I pray that and I just speak that over this room in the name of Jesus.